WTBC Radio is sponsored by Live Bar. Dairy-free, gluten-free, soy-free, corn-free, and GMO-free made right here in Salem, Oregon, just like this very podcast. Blueberry, vanilla, kale, raspberry, kale, maca, coffee, maple, cacao, ginger, lemon, turmeric, all handmade, handcrafted, hand-cooked, hand-everything by people from the very city in which these bars are made. Livebars.com for ordering information and all of the locations where you can pick these up in the wild. That's right. For more information, please visit livebars.com. That's L-I-V-B-A-R-S dot com. Livebars.com. Sponsoring WTBC Radio. Eat real food. It's a live performance by Reek. And an interview about making music and art. Experimental soundscapes. This one gets weird. Since the very beginning, one of the things I've wanted to feature on my show has been live music. (laughs) There's something about listening to a band performing on the radio that really feels, I don't know, um, visceral. Uh, It connects you with something that I can't quite explain. Uh, And... When I was on the other side of that, being in the room with the band that was performing while it was broadcasting, it took that to a whole other level. I mean, I just, there's something about being in the same room with musicians while they're playing. It's just, it's, it's a really excellent and an interesting way to interact with bands. I mean, I've always loved going to shows. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. Who doesn't? Going to shows is the, one of the main reasons why uh, we get up in the morning, why we love music, why we put on these records, why we obsess, while we think about this stuff 24 hours a day. Uh, I can't get enough of watching somebody perform live. And, and the chance to hang out with musicians always feels like something I can't turn down. They're, they're, they're interesting people. They have fun... They live lives. They do stuff that we do not get to do. And I you know, I knew early on that I wanted to connect with that. I wanted to find a way to bring that into what I do. Uh, and it really felt like important. It felt like some of these guys aren't getting any recognition anywhere. They're not being played, let alone getting gigs. There felt like a certain kind of urgency to kick those doors open, to uh, let the radio station not be something that was only accessible to U2 and Springsteen, but to to bring in people that that I knew that were like my neighbors, that were like these hardworking artists that, you know, year after year, try to find a way to write a song, perform it in front of a crowd, bring some element of that to the world around them in a positive way. 
And uh, it was a shame sometimes to hear about all these people that were doing interesting, amazing, and cool things and never got a chance to play it for anybody. I think right now there is something happening in the world of experimental music that is not just exciting, but uh, is not being seen or done in other genres or areas of music. I, I mean, I, I, I look at uh, the range of music being produced in the world of experimental artists. These people that play for crowds of 10 or 15 people a night uh, and you know, we'll drive hundreds of miles to some crazy venue in the middle of nowhere just to do it. Uh, and the more and more I dig into it, the more and more there's a community of people that really want to share this stuff, that go above and beyond the usual music bullshit and find ways that they can, I don't know, uh, get their message out there and find these other people out there that like what they do in this crazy universe where we can download everything and music is free and the universe has given up on trying to make the record industry even close to what it once was before there seems to be an excellent little folk culture that's burbling up all these people that are finally finding the way that they want to express themselves be it in a small confined and humble way uh, and then are pursuing it in these uh, beautiful and breathtaking works that unfortunately not many people get to hear. Reek is certainly one of those artists. Uh, I mean, this is experimental music, certainly. And yeah, there is a certain amount of noise to it. But I think once you get into the recording, you'll start to see that Reek, like many people who work in this genre, is creating a soundscape, a an experience of audio that is related to music, has musicality to it, but is certainly exploring other audio realms that are not just part of a love song about some girl somewhere that broke somebody's heart. In all earnestness, Experimental music is not for everyone. There is a kind of person that pursues it, and I don't want to you know, try to force it on anyone who isn't interested. That's not my point. But what I am saying is that if you're the kind of person who is curious about music, and, you know, they don't mind checking something out that they've never heard before, I want to suggest that you give this one a chance. Put on some headphones. This is something different than what you might expect. And for all of you out there who like this kind of thing, you know where I'm going with this, so you're going to turn your stereo up anyway. Stick around, though, because at the end of the performance, we talk with Reek a little bit about how you make this kind of music and uh, what else is going on in the world of Reek. UTBC Radio in beautiful anywhere, anywhere. The following performance and interview was recorded on December 10, 2017.
Looking for professional photography and contemporary style and glamour, then J. Jean Portraits is your destination. Based right here in Salem, Oregon, just like this podcast, J. Jean Portraits can offer the right kind of photos for the project that you have in mind. Family photography, personal branding, magazine style fantasy photo shoots, band photography, J. Jean Portraits wants you to look and feel your absolute best and they know that professional work at a reasonable cost is the way for you to get there. WTBC radio listeners will be able to take advantage of a contest where they will be able to enter and win a photography package by J. Jean Portraits. Please keep listening for contest details and how you can win these awesome, awesome deals. But until then, please visit jgeneportraits.com for a dazzling gallery of photos that will help you decide what kind of photography package will work best for you. Home, business, or just because you're feeling sassy, JG Portraits will deliver these perfect snaps every single time. That's jgeneportraits.com, a professional look tailored specifically for you. WTBC. I am here with uh, Reek, uh, who just did a fantastic uh, live set uh, here. Uh, Thank you. Through my home stereo. Yeah. <laughs> no. Good stereo. Yeah. I'm glad you got it. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds good. Uh, now, um, one of the things that stood out for me while I was listening to you play, and I think this is uh, something that certain kinds of performers are better and or worse at, depending, is. Uh, layering sound in a way that really takes full use of the um, audio range. Like, your low end is really low. Mm -hmm. Your high end is very high. <laughs> and you really populate a lot of the range in between without just kind of staying in one kind of screechy, you know, mm -hmm. tone the whole way through. Was that like an intentional design choice by you? Or did that just kind of evolve out of the way you, you make sound? I mean, I think both. I think music that I've been inspired by and influenced by has been stuff that both, I mean, not necessarily things that embrace that dynamic range, but I equally love, you know, chest rumbling lows and mm -hmm. really... <laughs> you know, front of the head screeching highs and yeah. I want to be utilizing everything that I can. So that's cool. Because I mean, like there's so much like a lot of people go for that kind of big black aesthetic sometimes where it's all high end all the time, no matter what, they just put that filter on it. And mm -hmm. and then the other I've seen certainly where like, you know, you see the four bases come out on stage and they're just like going for that like doomy low end rumble. Um, but it, it's nice to see people who are like, you know, I like to think of the audio spectrum as kind of like a palette, mm -hmm. you know, and like I like people who are not just going through a blue phase, but kind of like want to use more of that range in their work. Uh, now, you, you've got a pretty interesting set of gear here. Uh, I mean, like there's some pet. I mean, to just, I should describe this for people who are just listening at home. There's a bunch of pedals and whatnot, but you also have a few pieces that are homebrewed gear as well. Uh, uh, not quite circuit bent per se, but... Uh, 
I mean, in that range. Uh, do you want to talk about the, the uh, unique pieces that you play with? Sure. I mean, yeah, a lot of it is just an assortment of pedals that I've collected over the years. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, the one piece that is, well, there's I guess there's two home-built pieces. One of them we were just talking about is uh, Shakebox uh, that Crank Sturgeon built that I ordered from his Etsy, I believe it is. Yeah, I should put a link into that for people who have not in the show notes for this episode. I should I should put a link into that because if you have not explored his pieces, they're these wonderful noise making devices. Yeah. Everywhere I go, I meet people that have uh, Crank Sturgeon noise toys. Yeah, um, I think just this past week when I was um, playing shows, I played with noise physics and when he played in Portland he he was using a crank sturgeon toy yeah but anyways um, so that's that's one the shake box that I use for a lot of the noise wall and feedback generating and vocal stuff uh, and then my my personal favorite is a piece that my friend built for me um, she's based up in Portland her solo project is Mova Myasis mm. she also plays in CMOS yeah um, okay I and thought she that builds, sounded familiar she builds a lot of these um, cookie tin feedback oscillators they're, they're gorgeous looking because it seems like you're about ready to have some pastry and instead you've got some electronics it's, they're, they're it's fantastic tasty nonetheless <laughs> yes um, and that is that is the ice queen that she built for me a few years ago nice it has a good sound to it too where it's it's very um I don't know, it has like a nice rhythmic tone to it that's, yeah. that's coming through. So that's that's really cool. Now, <clears throat> when you set this project up, were you thinking like, oh, I want to have homebrewed gear as part of it? Or were you just kind of assembling what you had and it kind of evolved? Yeah, it just kind of evolved from what I was acquiring. I mean, I started, I played music, I played music for years, but in terms of making noise, I started just acquiring pedals and, you know, plugging in a single chain of pedals and playing around and eventually evolved to getting more and more pedals and wanting to get a mixer and wanting to do beats because I always really loved noise that incorporated like rhythmic elements and so getting the drum sequencer and then everything just kind of evolved piece by piece. Yeah, we should talk about that too because that's something else that um, used to be a dirty word in noise was <laughs> the drum machine, you know, or anything that had like a pseudo-normal rhythmic quality to it. A lot of people used to poo-poo that for a long time. And uh, I, I just, I like to hear that coming in because, you know, there's certain parts of it that make me want to dance. There's other parts of it that are like, oh, we're shifting gears now. You know, like you really utilize it as kind of a signaling where the piece is moving to, um, which is unique because a lot of people just use it as kind of like a rhythm track. You know, hey, I'll play along with this. Mm -hmm. But you're actually using it almost as like a lead instrument at times, which is not usually how it's done. <laughs> I guess. I, I never really thought about it. I just just trying to play with some beats and the ice queen is like my my solo instrument mm -hmm. yeah, my yeah saxophone very much so very much so now let's talk a little bit about your music history because uh i mean you've hinted at this a little bit where like you th this is more of a newer project that you're working on the the reek stuff but mm -hmm. you've played music before uh what was uh, some of the stuff you've done before you did this kind of project was it all experimental or were you kind of in different groups um experimental leaning i guess um the first i actual i mean I, I guess i started playing music as a kid like playing in school band and jazz band and stuff but i started actually playing music like for myself in high school i had a friend that kind of pulled me in and he would play his clarinet and I would play my saxophone another friend would play like bass or drums and we just made sounds and we weren't trying to make anything in particular. Um, he was also a friend that got me into 
listening to KFJC, which is a radio station that I was involved with for years. Oh, yeah. Um, and I've like, heard of this station. Yeah, KFJC probably most heavily influenced my music more than anything else. Um, but he introduced me to that in high school and started messing around. But the first group that I played in was in college, and that was like a kind of circusy folk punk sort of group. Oh. We did a lot of we had a lot of experimental elements to that, and we played on the streets in Santa Cruz and um, around California. It sounds like something that would fit in very well in the vibe of Santa Cruz, too, yeah. with this kind of like almost a hippie carnival aspect to some of that city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was there's a lot of that, you know wash tub bass accordion banjo type music going on um, that's very evocative <laughs> uh and then those same guys i played uh in a group so that was that 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 group had a number of names but then we played as molten russians and that was more more like circus punk and that was keyboard and drums and saxophone uh i played in mulch with um with the mulvamiasis character uh, and that was a math rock sort of band. Nice. Um, and just like jamming with people a lot and through KFJCs where I really heavily got into noise, um, delving first into like harsh noise stuff and then branching out from there. Yeah. And, th- and this station that we're mentioning, for those of you who have not heard it before, it's like a free form experimental radio in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, not everything on it is like that, but there's a lot of that yeah, concentrated. That is, that's definitely a focus. And yeah. That's been their main mission is playing things you won't hear anywhere else. Right, right, right. I mean, you hear that from a lot of radio stations, but often that means like, you know, the other Credence song that you <laughs> don't usually hear. I, and that station is very special in a lot of ways. So I, I, that's cool that you got to um, experience that like firsthand. I only know it from like, you know, the internet yeah <laughs> so that's cool so uh it sounds like you've had a really varied music career just kind of moving from project to project is it more kind of as these things evolve or yeah they just kind of pop up i've never i mean music is a huge part of my life but it's never been my sole focus okay. um so it's never something that i'm pouring all of my energy into because i kind of spread myself thin Right, but right. um, well, and then you, if if you did music all the time, would you have the energy for it? You know, like that's the thing I think of is that like what makes performing music to me so uh, incredible is that you you only get to do it occasionally. It's this thing that's not every day. It's this special event that you're getting together with people and you're sharing this sonic experience with. Um, if I had to do four of those a day, I don't think I would care as much, you know? Like, I'd very quickly lose interest in it because I'd, I'd rather make a movie or something that's, you know, a different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very cool. So this Reek project, we should. how long specifically has that been going? Like, uh, um, I guess specifically probably... Probably only two or three years. This is a pretty young project. Um, I didn't actually start performing until about a year and a half ago, a little over a year and a half ago. Wow. And so this is the first uh, quote-unquote tour that you've done with this project. Um, I did a short tour um, April of 2016, but just played three shows in Vegas and at a festival in the Mojave Desert. I forget what that festival's called. Um, put together by a bunch of L.A. noise folks. Um, cool. And then played a, at a biker bar in Morro Bay. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I like the uh, notion of being able to tour again. It felt like for a while there where, like, you know, gas prices are going up, the music industry is in the tubes. Like, it just felt like no one was 
leaving their towns anymore <laughs> to see what else was out there. And then you'd meet these few renegade warriors who'd like blow through town and you'd be like, how do you do it? How do you survive? Uh, so I like the fact that it seems to be happening more again. Like I, I, I used to think noise was always going to be regional. And now I'm starting to hear like I'm, I'm meeting people who are like, oh, yeah, I just passed through three states on my way home and had a great time. And those are very inspirational stories to hear for someone who is starting to worry about the state of, of live music out in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, I know a lot of people, especially here in the in the Northwest, um, there's a lot of people trying to get around and build solid connections and build a network that we can be doing a constant circuit playing through yeah. Corvallis and Portland and Bellingham and Seattle and Olympia, et cetera, et cetera, and just doing the, the I-5 circuit. Yeah, well, and, and, and more places are starting to pop up, too. I think people are kind of starting to sense that the same old, same olds are a little boring, you know? You could see a cover band any night of the week, but something different is maybe actually, like, uh, going to help the city or the community or or make that scene a little stronger by knowing that there's variety out there. <clears throat> now, uh, so let's see. If we were listening to this and we're like, ooh, I want to hear more, uh, do you have some web resources where we can hear some of your tunes? Um, I have a band camp, uh, r33k.bandcamp.com. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'll make sure to put links in the show notes too. Okay. So. <clears throat> um, yeah, just have a band camp. Um, I have another project that I do with, um, my friend up in Seattle called Cromwell. Hmm. Um, we have a track up on SoundCloud. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Now, uh, this project, since it's pretty green still, uh, do you have some plans for like, you know, what the future holds or anything? For week? Yeah. Anything new that you, uh, you're, you're like itching to try out in the new year um i would like to do some like real recording not just recording through my my digital zoom and Mm -hmm. um i would like to do some real recording and try and get an actual release um and not just some haphazard live recording that i cut (laughs) up and throw on a cd sure sure Mm -hmm. um but other than that just um just trying to play shows and like i said it's not it's not my it's not my sole focus in life, so I'm not. It's just it's just a nice outlet for my experiences and influences, and and it's a nice catharsis for right <laughs> for emotional stuff, and so it's just something that I want to keep doing. That's very cool. I like that notion too. That like um, you know, uh, doing this stuff is not going to be like the primary focus of our lives. Like having it be, you know, like in the old days hobby musicians were completely relegated to like oh maybe you'll do a cover night at some bar when there's open mic happening or something like that uh, and I, I like the notion that like these you know musicians that are not like pursuing it as their life project but like to do it in their spare time now can be heard at a wider range they can actually play shows do a little tour put out a release and then go home to your regular job and family afterwards mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it didn't used to be possible like that you know like you used to have to kind of go for one or the other and and not have a lot of in between and now like that whole range of however far you want to take the project is possible very cool well uh if there's anything else before we wind things down here or uh any other uh messages for the listeners uh excellent thanks for having me
closes another episode of our program here, WTBC Radio, in beautiful anywhere, anywhere. Live performance by Reek. That was really awesome. Uh, I'm hoping to fit more of that kind of thing into the show. Uh, and, you know, it remains to be seen how exactly that's going to work, but, you know, I want it to be a feature of the program. There's so much music out there, and so much of it being ignored completely. And uh, why not have it come to you live on a podcast? Our theme music is by Paco and Laura Jones, and our closing music is by the band X. If you want to start supporting this program, please contact us, uh, austinrich at gmail.com, anywhere, anywhen dot wordpress.com uh, lots of ways that you can get in touch uh, we are more than happy to work with you I think that's going to do it you guys are wonderful you guys are beautiful and without you there would be no show be seeing you mentioned Corvallis and we should talk about this because you re, uh, played uh, on this uh, jaunt uh, one of my favorite uh, shows that happen in this area the inner zone um, I guess they just call them noise show <laughs> yeah, they called it the free experimental music show right yeah exactly <laughs> which I mean like that, that title is so like unassuming and perfect too it's kind of like you know exactly what you're getting people who want that are showing up mm-hmm. and people who don't like read that and go like Mm, I'll pass. <laughs> uh, but I, I love what Chris is building there. And, and it has been actually for quite some time. Like it's, I think in its third or fourth year now. Um, and uh, those showcases, like, I, you know, even when I'm not performing them, I find them a fascinating lineup of people who I don't get to see elsewhere. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just, it's such a really cool little um a pocket of music. Uh, you, you want to talk about your experience playing there? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I drove up from Oakland yesterday, so it was a long drive. I got there just after the show started. Um, it was a cool spot. It's a nice little coffee shop. Um, the, the sound was pretty good. I kind of had the experience of playing through uh, pretty crummy PAs a lot through this, this trip. <laughs> right. Uh, that was actually a good PA, and the guy that was doing sound was doing a great job. I met him in at my show in Eugene last week. Was it Jim Whitmore? I don't, I don't, I don't remember his name. Older gentleman. The older gentleman. He he plays synths. He says. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's probably Jim okay. who usually runs sound at the shows. He he's a fascinating character. <laughs> there's a yeah. There's a cool mix of stuff. There's a guy playing the jaw harp and some modular synth stuff and some harsh noise and it was a good mix. Yeah, it was some guy from Cottage Grove. I heard was uh, gonna on the bill, which my old hometown. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah, like those uh, those shows like. There's something that's almost kind of down home about them in a like little rascal sense where it's mm-hmm. like everybody's pitching in and like, you know, you do it in this like coffee shop and it's not about like selling drinks or everybody's not, there's not like a liquored up component to it where people are yelling and screaming at you. It's, it's, people are there for the music mm-hmm. and I don't know, that's like, it's really refreshing to find places that are focused like that because uh, like. I don't know, to me, I'm so used to people checking their phones while they're at a show and going like, well, there's this other thing happening. Maybe I'll go there instead, you know. Uh, 
that doesn't seem to be the case there. Like people show up and they really are excited about shows. <laughs> yeah, was, uh, the crowd there was very enthusiastic. It was cool. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I know I pitch this a lot uh, to people who listen to this show, but if you get a chance to go and check out one of those Arizona shows that Chris puts on, they're so much fun. And like it'll really, even if you're not a usually a noise fan, I think you'll find something you like at these shows. The range is really wide. <laughs> yeah, my uncle came last night. He's not. He's not. Uh... Someone that usually listens to this type of music, but he enjoyed it. WTBC.